probably just start recording. All right, works think? for me. Yeah. Is that cool? Do you do an intro or anything, or do we just dive into shit? Uh yeah. Usually we just dive in. So perfect. I, just, I got some questions that's kind of standard. I, I typically ask all the guests. I guess I should have said this before we started, but just so everyone out there knows too. Um, just kind of ask like some pretty typical questions, and then I just dive into the specifics and kind of like freestyle the okay. interview based on the stuff that you say uh, and stuff like that. So we'll talk about you and your history and comedy and your career and how things were and how they're going now. Uh, and then we'll just kind of talk about uh, marijuana and some different um, some different topics uh, regarding marijuana. So okay. So I guess the first thing is just kind of tell everyone your name and, and how old you are. Uh, I'm Don Smith. I'm uh, 43 freaking years old. <laughs> and then where are you from, Don? I'm originally from uh, the small town of West Milton, Ohio, probably about 40 minutes north of Dayton, so not okay. too far from here. Okay. How did you get your start in comedy? Um, I started in comedy. Uh, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. Uh, years ago, I got involved in local theater. And that's kind of what introduced me to being on stage. I was 25 years old. I walked into uh, Dayton Theater Guild and auditioned for a play at random. And I ended up getting involved with a lot of other local theaters. The problem with local theaters, it involves a huge time commitment. And I just, with the way my schedule worked for a long time, I just couldn't do it. Because at the time I started comedy, I was a full-time student working on, my, working on finishing my bachelor's degree also worked full-time. I uh, wasn't involved in a whole lot else at that time. I was writing a lot more. And I actually I finished two novels. I just haven't edited them, edited them yet. And uh, because of my time constraints, I still had that itch to get on stage. So I figured I'd give comedy a try at some point. But the, the main push I got was while I was working on my English degree, Wright State offered a class that they had labeled uh, comedy writing. But when I got into the class, I realized it was actually the basics of stand-up comedy. So I thought, well, you know, shit, here's my chance to actually get on stage because the final exam for that class was a four-minute set at the Dayton Funny Bone. Ooh. So technically, the Dayton Funny Bone was the first time. <coughs> your first time on stage. <laughs> was my first time on stage. That was your first uh, open mic, huh? That, so you yeah. had to study vigorously for that for that open mic, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I may I was very prepared when I went up there. So you actually took was, a comedy class. This yes, is the first yes. Time they ever. they offered that, so it was something I wanted to do anyway. But that was because every everybody needs that catalyst. They need that push to get them to actually do it. Yeah. Whatever that is, that's why anytime somebody's get, thinking about getting started out, I say, well, the best thing you can do is get booked on an open mic. Yeah. Sign up for an open mic couple weeks in advance sign up for wiley sunday comics you'll get several weeks in advance but it's set you have a date that way you have a deadline to get your shit together and actually go do it yeah you start writing you start grinding you start watching comedy right you, right. you go to other shows watch it online right and yeah. hopefully hopefully not steal everybody else's shit right right <laughs> well yeah i think what i think by that by saying that you and some people do get that confused don there's a line right between like uh taking people's jokes and then just taking the idea of being a comedian because the right. idea of being a comedian is someone or it's a person who talks and acts a certain way. Right. And it does vary vastly, but it is a very particular personality type. Oh, absolutely. You, you know what I mean? So, and those people can be crazy or genius. In it, so it's hard to tell sometimes. You yeah. Know what I mean? there, yeah. There's a, there's a fine line between those two. Yeah. But yeah, that, that 
I guess as far as uh, taking other comics material, there there's no such thing as a cover comedian. Yeah. Not like there's a cover band. You co- uh, there there are bands that just play covers. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work in the comedy world. <laughs> yeah, someone else made that point to me recently. <laughs> oh, that's like, yeah. You, you never you never see that. He told me an old bit from like the eighties, and I was like, I was like, dude, did you write that? I was like, it was, it was a little too good, right? A little too timeless almost. And he was like, no, it's so and so's bit. You never see cover comedians as the thing. And I was like, it's not a fucking thing. Right. Like, it's too new. It's too new of an art form. And it's yeah. still got a lot of place to grow, I think, in the world. Like, I, I, I want to, I mean, if you look back to like court jesters and stuff like that, it's always maybe been around like the idea of making people laugh. Right. Just kind of a different form of it. Yeah. Know. Just a different form of it. But I think stand up in particular, at least the way that it, it's idolized now and the, <coughs> the business model that's around it now is pretty new. Right. So I think there's still a lot of room for growth. Uh, so you said, man, you were going to school. You were you were in college. Or uh, that's school. I'm stoned. Yeah, that's all right. That's, that's right. what I'm glad you well, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I this is what I do. So you were you were in college. You were becoming a stand-up comedian. You were also working full time. How did you find the balance? You know, even back then, and and are you able to find it today? Um, doing all those different things and putting comedy in your life still. I think back then I found it a lot better. I don't know how I found it because I miss it. I mean, right right now, I was busy back then, I thought, but it doesn't even touch what's going on now. Mm-hmm. I mean, with everything else that has been packed on to what I already had going on. I mean, I don't have school anymore, actually, because I, I want to – yeah, there is so much more <laughs> – to uh, the whole origin story as far as where I am now. Yeah. With getting involved with Wiley's, getting the radio show going, my podcast, everything else in that whole spectrum. I think the cops are after me. No, oh, yeah. They definitely are. <laughs> They're coming for this bowl of marijuana that we yes, just smoked. It's yes, been decriminalized uh, oh, okay. Okay. here in this area. I usually don't have any trouble. My neighbors are pretty cool. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> They're out, though, folks. Oh, yeah. Well, careful. it's the, the, the roads are terrible. The roads are terrible right now. Yeah, so. it's snowy and icy in Ohio, and uh, we are, we're living through it, huh? Which yeah. takes tough-ass people to live in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. Oh, it yeah. really does. Uh, or a lot of weed. A lot of weed and tough. Yeah, yeah you got to yeah. be pretty resilient, to, I think, to fucking survive these winters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're getting a little paranoid about my neighbors. Well, they're just they're just noisy. Yeah, That's they that. are. Well, you can hear everything. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm not used to living in it to being in an apartment. I mean, I'm used to my house where you know the yeah. only noise is me and my dog. So right, no, I totally get it. Yeah, I don't I don't have a dog or anything. It's just me and my thoughts most of the time. I couldn't do that. Oh yeah, it's pretty uncomfortable. I mean, with your thoughts, I couldn't do that. Uh, I I'm know, fine. Be surprised. With, yeah, get used to them after a, after a while. Yeah, they tend to grow on you. Okay. Uh, so so. Let's see. Could you open up a little bit more about like how getting your start kind of transitioned into what you do now? Is there some sort of connection or was it just like a lot of oddball things here and there throughout your career? It's a lot of oddball things, but it's also connected because I, I started off with the comedy. Uh, I Since I was working so much and I was in school, I couldn't really I couldn't really get on stage as much as I wanted. So. WWSU, their Wright State University, if you were a student at Wright State, you could get your own radio show. So I thought, well, that would be a fun thing, a way to stay connected with the local comedy community is to start a radio show and bring comics on and interview them. Oh, we're similar, huh? Right, <laughs> right. So so that's what I started doing. Yeah. Uh, that was been uh, almost five years ago now. 
And uh, at first, it just started off as a little thing I'd do just to stay connected. And then when I finished my bachelor's degree, of course, I lost my radio show. But I took a job also at Wright State, so I was able to go back as a grad student. And as a grad student, I picked the radio show back up again. So that, that's how I continued, because I only did one semester of the radio show as an undergrad. And then I think it was one semester later, I was back as a grad student with the radio show back intact, and I just kept going ever since. Well, uh, I also I started getting involved with a lot more film at the time, a lot more acting, uh, just kind of through the radio show and through comedy. I'd make other contacts, people that were filming this or filming that, and I'd start getting involved with them and the things that they were working on. I was able to get back get involved with Henrik Kuto and a lot of the movies he makes. Uh, William Lee, I auditioned for one of his and got cast, and I think I've been in every one of his since. Oh, wow. And, so you've, uh, been involved, you've been in several movies, right? If I'm I've, mistaken. I've been in quite a few, yeah. yeah. There are, uh, a few just came out. Uh, well, speaking of Henrik Kuto, a couple months ago, uh, Boggy Creek, the Bigfoot series, dropped on Amazon, and that was directed by Henrik Kuto. I was featured lead in episode two of that show. Uh, I've been in a lot with with uh, William Lee. I was in Six Feet Below Hell, which is still available in Redbox. It's been out there over two and a half years now, which is insane. Uh, we just had uh, on, I believe, Amazon.com, Walmart.com, Family Video. You can pick up uh, Black Mamba was just put out there. Uh, the Goocher is on the way out. Uh, they just re-released... Uh, a show, a movie I was in called Three Knee Deep. They just re-released it, uh, titled King Killer. So I've had just in the past, just this past fall, I've had probably, probably four movies and uh, the TV series get released. Wow. So yeah, just uh, it's again that's that's a lot of the thing. Just staying busy. I was also I had uh, kind of a walk-on role on the All Who Follow this year, which I think they're getting ready to put that out in some festivals. Uh, also, uh, uh, The Darkest Edge, I had a walk-on role on that. Uh, plus, a lot of these, a lot of these uh, filmmakers use Wiley's as a location because one of the things with independent filmmakers that's really hard to find is a good location to film. Mm -hmm. And I love putting Wiley's up there as a, as a location to film for a couple reasons. For one, it gets Wiley's name out there a little bit more. Plus, it gets me out. Most likely, they're going to offer me some small role in it if they're using my club. Yeah. Not always, but it's usually a possibility. It's a good chance. And that way, you know, and then that way I stay involved with that. I get to know more directors. I get to know more actors. I work with more people. And the more you network, the more you can get out there and network even further. And that's just... Things have really been rolling with a lot of that, and I got involved in that, of course, through comedy and through the podcast. And about through through the radio show is how I got to know a, a gentleman who I will not mention his name uh, was at one time an owner of Wiley's. Who uh, once I kind of built a, built I got to know him a little bit. Unfortunately, not well enough, but I ended up uh, through him. I bought in as a partner at Wiley's Comedy Club. And then things kind of went south with that one partner, and we had to revamp a lot of things and redo a lot. But now I was supposed to be originally a silent partner at Wiley's, whereas I was kind of in the background. And now I'm 
doing a large portion of the day to day of everything there just yeah. because of everything uh, <clears throat> just where all the cards fell at the end of the day with that fiasco but mm. i i mean i love the club i absolutely do but it's it's another it's a drain on my time and <laughs> yeah. yeah but you get to do the comedy though when you but i get to do the comedy not the comedy. Uh, not whenever i want now when i almost said that but i mean we've had this discussion off air i probably like, could yeah but i don't want to be that kind of dick that just says hey put me on this show because i own the place that, yeah. that's kind of a asshole move you're a very humble don but you're also very professional and i i feel like you know you put in a lot of hard work, and you've you've done all these movies. You've been doing comedy for a long time. It sounds like it's really starting to pay off. You know, I'm it's, I'm hoping. I'm yeah. hoping. I mean, it really does, man. Like you seem super optimistic about it. You normally, you know, normally you do. So I think that I think it's really cool. Like I try. Well, doing. the the radio show right now is kind of uh, well, the radio show itself is kind of up in the air, but the podcast version of it. Right now is kind of booming. Several about a month or so ago, a fellow just out of the blue sent me a message on Facebook, uh, said, "Hey, I'm a I'm a publicist out in L.A. Here's my number. Uh, give me a call. I'd like to talk to you about your radio show." Which, uh, of course, my first thought was, "Yeah, whatever, dude." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <know>? sure. <laughs> it's like because yeah, randomly people just saying, "Hey, I have some some bigger list celebrity kind of people that I want to get on your show," and so, yeah. People reach out to me with that all the time. I had someone do that on Facebook recently. I right. did not call him. <laughs> I should. I, I called him, and uh, next thing I know, I'm in conference calls with uh, uh, Sam Quasman, who uh, Sam used to work with Lucille Ball. He's worked with Jerry Seinfeld. He still works with Jerry Seinfeld on Comedians and Cars. Damn. You'll see him as, his, as the product placement guy. Anytime they have a guy come up with a product placement ad, it's usually Sam. And uh, he was, uh, for 17 years, he was the voice of Donald Duck. He's also, he's now the voice of uh, Little Quacker on the new Tom and Jerry uh, animated series. And, you know, just done all kinds of things with his career. Uh, I've also had, uh, well, I've, I've talked with a lot of people on there. I'm scheduled right now to interview Christine DeBell, who uh, she's been on Young and the Restless. She was on uh, the movie Meatballs back in the 70s with the, uh, uh, Bill Murray, she was wow. just been been in a lot of different things. I still have to get a hold of Scotty Schwartz. Uh, Scotty Schwartz was in uh, Christmas Story. He played Flick, the kid that had his tongue stuck to the uh, flagpole. Oh no shit! Yeah, he also he was also in the toy with uh, Jackie Gleason and uh, Richard Pryor. How wow. can I not think of Richard Pryor's name, dude? I so must be getting a contact buzz. Oh yeah, you probably are. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna hit this pin a couple times. This is called Blucifer, actually. Blucifer. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. They call awesome. it that for a reason. <laughs> Stinky little motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> so with all these movies you've been in, and you know, doing comedy for so long, owning a club, obviously having a uh, a, a a great podcast, a successful podcast, where you're starting to get these celebrities and stuff. Like, who's uh, the most memorable? celebrity you've ever met or kind of talked to that made you go like wow i can't believe this shit's happening right now like has that, have you ever like fanned out or anything like that not really yeah, i mean I, i've a pretty humble guy back back in the day i've met some people that were really cool before i started any of this okay that yeah. i kind of did you Could know you open up about that a little bit uh well i i ran into uh, macho man randy savage oh, at dayton airport shit. once which was really cool uh I used to work in uh, I used to work in hotels, so every now and then we'd have bands come through, 
I drove George Jones over to a concert at Hare Arena at one time. Uh, I, uh, fuck, dude. <laughs> was he smoking and drinking in the back seat and shit? <laughs> Pretty much. Fuck yeah, dude. You know he was. Yeah, but the, no, I just different different things like that that are really cool. I uh, um, wow, you met see, well, Jones, Ted Nugent. Dude. Ted Nugent stayed Nugent at the hotel too? there once. Yeah, okay. I was the only one that could figure out what room he was in oh, because he shit. always uses a fake name. Wow. And as soon as I looked at it, I was like, that's the one. <laughs> Damn. But no, uh, uh, I saw Ric Flair when I was working in uh, South Florida. I was working at a hotel, a Holiday Inn down there, and I saw him in the parking lot walking through. And uh, somebody w- I was with just went, woo! And he turned <laughs> around. <laughs> he, he knew it. He was like, that's his mating call. Yeah, exactly. Like, yep, he turned around thinking he was going to get something. Around, yeah, <laughs> one of my fans are around here. Yep. Dude, you haven't met more wrestlers than a referee. Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not even a big wrestling fan. Yeah, that's crazy. You weren't even, you weren't even looking for it. (laughs) Right, right, right. But I mean, it's not like you're gonna not recognize Macho Man or Ric Flair. Yeah, those are two that's like, okay, I know exactly who these are, and I don't really even watch. Or Sting or Goldust if they're in full makeup, just at the grocery store. Just kind of, you don't know who those people. Exactly, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I fucking know those people. I did used to, I used to be a wrestling fan for a short period of time when I was younger, and and that was it. For a short short period of time. Yeah, I, I went to one time. I went to see him at Hair Arena live, yeah. and somebody else had somebody else had tickets, and I went, and it was fun. It was fun because it was live, and that's mm-hmm. a different. That's that's always a different energy. Yeah, it's to super watch interesting to live. watch it live. I, I've been to two, so I went to one when I was younger. Went to like a TV taping that uh, my stepdad took my brother and I to, and it was actually really fun as a kid. But then uh, when I was older, I went again, and I took my nephews. And I was a little bit older, and I was like, this shit is terrible. I was just like, why <laughs> why do they do this to themselves? Well, right? I, I had fun because I got, I got into the theatrics of it, you know, yeah. and just the craziness. And I'd I yell, I'd yell back UFC. at them. And, you know. I think when I was in high school, I found out about the Ultimate Fighting Championship, and I was like, yeah. what? Is this other thing? <laughs> Which yeah, that's a little bit different. I was like, this is real visceral the, the, shit. Yeah, the, the TV <laughs> wrestling that's that's drama. That that's male soap opera shit yeah, right there. Exactly. That's what that is. I'm more into the real stuff. Uh, yeah, the real stuff. That's that's the, uh, and I, I don't watch a lot of UFC either. I do every now and then like a good boxing match because mm-hmm. I mean uh, the, to me that's that's a different because I mean it's kind of more of an even skill set. Yes. Somewhat. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't use your entire body, right? But the, it's well, yeah, because with the with the UFC and the, the MMA, that's the, the it's that's mixed martial arts. You know, you could have different. You could, you know, have somebody that knows Taekwondo going up somebody against somebody with kung fu skills, and it's it's yeah. just a different. It's an odd match because you know it's all different moves, different that's theories, the everything like that. Boxing, boxing's boxing. You know, it's just who hits harder. Right and who ducks more? Right, there's a but like I don't basketball. I almost. don't like watching the heavyweights. It's like football or basketball. Yeah. Is it too brutal? You think the heavyweights? Yeah. No, there's too much hugging. There's oh, too yeah. much hugging yeah, and grappling, and, and I and I get it. You know, they're trying to they conserve limbs. some energy. They have heavy limbs. And I heavy, I like you know? watching the little lightweight guys go at it. If you ever want to see see a series of awesome fights, uh, Marquez and Vasquez. Those two little guys just beat the shit out of each other. There were four different uh, bouts for them before they finally said, we're not going to do another rematch. Because uh-huh. they did they did the first one. I can't remember which one won, but the other one wanted to come back and do it. I mean, we're talking going almost all 12 rounds every single one. And then two of them came to a decision. 
and two of them, I think, went to like the seventh round before somebody went down. But I mean, they they were brutal. There was no hugging there. They yeah. were just they were out for blood every well, time. Yeah, I love seeing a good those fight. those guys. I mean, they're older fights. They're like late '90s, early 2000s. But those those guys are they were awesome. Yeah. To watch. So what's your uh, what's your most memorable moment in your comedy career? You know, as a as a as a even I mean as a as an entertainer in general, like you've been in movies, comedy, you know, you have a successful podcast. Like, what what's your most memorable moment that you'd say, kind of maybe either kept you going or just something that really stuck out to you that that you know as far as um, successful time. That's that's a that's a hard question to answer because okay. there there are so many. Well, I'm not I'm not. It's it's okay. okay. I'll I'll try to answer. Okay, yeah. It's <laughs> it's <hard. laughs> now, you seem disappointed that I said it was. A I know. Difficult. I was like, like it was your fault that it was a difficult <laughs> difficult question. <laughs> exactly. No, that's that's it's not that at all. It's not okay. that. Okay, I'm <laughs> a little high. I'm getting a little sensitive, aren't I? I'm so, I was I'm thinking sorry, about Kelly, some other I'm shit. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting back into the interview. Get back in my flow state here. You're good. You're a good talker. I was like shit. Trying to get back in there, but no, the the uh, most memorable moment. I, I've had so many memorable moments. I uh, one of my favorite moments, if we're going back quite a ways, is uh, I was in a play once and I got to uh, I got to stick my bare <laughs> ass in the face of Mayor Ryan McLean, the mayor of Dayton at the time. <laughs> what year was this? This ninety eight, maybe ninety eight, ninety nine. Ryan McLean was the mayor of Dayton. I was not a fan. Stuck your ass in his face. I, I, in her face, yes. Oh, it's for her. <laughs> I, one of the things she did is uh, that that really uh, kind of pissed me off about her is she shut down uh, like a lot of the low income housing in Dayton, Damn. and they had to move a bunch of it elsewhere. Yeah. And one of the places they moved it to was like three blocks from my house in Englewood, and yeah. I was furious. So I did not like this person as a mayor or as a human being in general. Uh, she only got to be mayor because her uh, her father was uh, a big name in the Dayton area, and uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't care for her. She she was a senator at one time, and she stepped down to be mayor of Dayton because you know she realized she couldn't play with the big dogs, I guess. Yeah. But uh, we were getting ready in this in this particular play. It was called Catfish Moon, one of many plays where I end up on stage in my underwear. I don't know how that kept happening. But it seemed like there for a while there was a string of about four plays that I did that at some point I ended up in my underwear on stage. <laughs> that was typecast, I guess. Jeez. But uh, there was a certain part <laughs> part where I pull my pants down, I've got my boxer shorts on because I'm pretending like I'm getting ready to go swimming. And uh, they came down, they came back stage before the show and they said, hey, the mayor's here. I said, really? The mayor of Dayton? They said, yeah, Ryan McLean's out there. I said, oh, where is she sitting? Oh shit! She just happened to be sitting, and the on the side of the stage where I am when I pull my pants down, <laughs> which was perfect. I saw because I'm I'm peeking through the curtain. I'm like, oh yes. Now Dayton Theater Guild at the time it was over on Salem Avenue. It was a very intimate theater. I mean, as, as an audience member, you're right there on the, almost on the stage, because it's a it's a horseshoe kind of theater, and you, it protrudes out in the middle, and you're you're right there. How many how many seats does it hold? I think that was maybe maybe a hundred and sixty. Okay. I mean, it was a small little intimate theater, and uh, so of course she's going to be right there. So I changed my blocking a little bit to make sure I'm right in front of her when I pull my pants down, and, <laughs> I, and I I uh, nice. I accidentally. <laughs> 
accidentally uh, hooked my thumbs into my boxer shorts. Oh, so there okay. was nothing but bare ass right in her face okay. when I bent over and pulled my pants down. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she probably still thinks about that. You know what I mean? She, yeah, she's probably... I don't remember. Like, that was a personal attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I went after the... public. After the show, we go out... The, the We always go out and greet the audience, and she just raved about how great that show was. So yeah. she apparently liked my ass. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, that's really dope. <laughs> how many people get to do that to a, a, one of your public leaders? Too? Not and have lot. her rave about, about it. <laughs> that's fucking dope. That's one of the cooler celebrity stories that I've heard ever because nobody else has ever sexually harassed a celebrity <laughs> that i know of and and, 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 and got a applause story and, yeah i got an applause break what the fuck doc yeah. <laughs> what the fuck's going on yeah, out there that, that wasn't really sexual this harassment that, that was more of a political it statement <laughs> no it was art bro it's different yeah, it's it the was, same thing as it would have been sexual harassment if i turned around the other way and went ee, and oh, just that's wiggled true. my winky in front yeah. of her that and, and, you can get away with an ass right you right, because it, it's a political statement at that point. Yeah. What did yeah. you have to like say anything, or what was the line, or what was like? Oh, I can't remember because it was. I mean, the uh, most important part was showing your ass. Right. I mean, <laughs> I remember. I remembered the line at the time. It's not like I, I didn't break character or yeah. anything. It just looked like an accident. It looked like a wardrobe malfunction. Oh my what god. That was. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh man. And I love wardrobe malfunctions on stage. We were doing a show. Uh, at one point where it's called Sorted Lives and the actress playing was one actress was playing a a, a therapist a, a a psychiatrist who's trying to convert a gay man into being straight because it's an old school kind of oh, and shit. that that was part of it and it was and she's trying to seduce him as a way of doing it and uh, during a rehearsal she goes she's supposed to rip her shirt off she's got a bra on underneath well, she rips her shirt off and actually actually was an accident. She accidentally grabbed her bra and pulled, so one of her tits is hanging oh, out. Oh shit! And God bless her, she did the entire scene like that. Oh shit! Because it was she was trying to seduce him. It would have been a little out of character to tuck it back in. It was what it was. <laughs> That's true. Did she committed to that fucking role? Absolutely. <laughs> the show must go on. <laughs> Don't forget the show. Yeah, must exactly. Go on. Yeah. That that's what it's all about. Yeah. But no, they. The theater had some fun moments for me, dude. This is uh, those are both fucking dope ass stories. <laughs> it's gonna be a great sound bite. I know that. Like, this is gonna be. It, I was thinking, I was like, man, wh what's it gonna be? And it's gotta be, <laughs> it's gotta be the story about that lady leaving her titty out on yeah, stage. I'm, I'm not gonna say who she was because she's a, she's kind of locally known. <laughs> I bet. Who wouldn't after that? Oh man. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we have a lot. I have a lot of friends in common with her that uh, very few of them would know what I was talking about. Very few of them would know that story. Yeah. So, um, wh where do you normally get your inspiration for your joke writing? Is it something just things that happen to you in life, or do you ever just sit down with a pen and a pad and try to come up with ideas? I used to do it that way, but this year in particular, there has been so much turmoil in my world. Yeah. That I've just gone with that because I know. To talk you, about it. Yeah, well, you can't be. You yeah. can't be scared because you never. You never know for sure what's coming out when you go up there. I mean, you have an idea, right? But you know, if you if you start riffing or something, you don't know where you're going. I don't do a lot of that, mm -hmm. but I do get into my emotions a lot. That's one of the things I've been I've been talking about to some people lately. Is I got to get out of that state of anger that I go into when I'm on stage. Mm -hmm. I mean it. 
it seems to work. People seem to like the angry funny, but at the same time, I mean, that's not, it's not a, an act. It's that's dangerous that's actual emotion up yeah. there. Because the first time I did it and really let loose, by the time I got off stage, I was shaking. I uh -huh. mean, I, I, w I couldn't stop because I actually hit something way down there that scared the hell out of me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it is. It's something that I, I'm going to have to try. Because if you notice, I don't know if you watched any of my sets recently, I've been trying to go back to some of my older stuff yeah. to try to get away from some of that anger because it's still there. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get past it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to end up at the other end of this because this is a kind of a transition. And yeah, it's uh, I, it's something I just I have to I have to focus on something else because if I keep going up on stage with that much anger, it's it's not going to be healthy. Yeah, I feel you, man. Um, taking a couple of weeks off from life, shit, and just the holidays and everything right now too. I mean, I've been doing my mic, you know, where I have I have to right. host it, and I'm not going to let people down. I'm going to go. But like, yeah, I've been kind of just in a in a weird place too. I think sometimes, man, you just gotta take take it easy, huh? Yeah, you know, yeah. when it comes to all this life shit, uh, and and including your hobbies or your job and your friends, all that, you just gotta like take some time to yourself sometimes. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the beginning of the next year because I my vacation time resets. Yeah, same <laughs> year. I get another week of vacation next week next year too, so yeah. that works out. Um, okay, man. That's cool. You've shared a lot about your career with me, and uh, you told me some really funny stories, and I appreciate your wisdom. Now I want to talk to you about something I'm interested in, and that's marijuana. And I had no idea you were interested in yeah, that. I'm, I've been smoking <laughs> it the whole time. I've offered you every form known to man. And I wish so I could. Edibles, I wish dabs, I, could. I have the pen, I have the actual flower. Today is not the day. Uh, just like today isn't the day for us to film this on video. Right, um, right. We'll get there eventually. I will get there. My GoPro didn't work. I'm going to have to go to Best Buy and get the Geek Squad on the fucking job. Uh, I might have to just return this because it's been, it's been a lot of bullshit with this thing. But oh. anyway, um, that's way off topic. I'm super stoned. <laughs> Glad you're not. But have you ever smoked marijuana, Don? I, I have. You I have? have, yes. Okay, at least I've, once, right? Um <laughs> A lot, a lot, I actually did a set about this a while back. I okay. was doing I was doing a 420 show on April 20th. And do a dab uh, on that note. Do, do a dab time. while I'm going. And uh, I, did a, I did a set about this because a lot of people don't believe me when I tell them that I actually started smoking weed at six years old. Oh, please open up about that story, <laughs> would you? Uh, oh my, my, God. my oldest brother uh, was 13 at the time, and you know how a lot of people, when they start experimenting with weed, they decide they're going to try to get the dog stoned? Yeah, well, when you first start. Yeah, we, yeah he, he first started. <laughs> I still do that. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> but, well, we, we had a dog at the time named Shadow who was a good dog, but if you blew in her face, she would bite you in the head. You know, so, uh, yeah, my brother was not a big fan of being bitten, so he decided that rather than try to get Shadow high, uh, he'd call his six-year-old brother in because I could hold a joint and puff on it. Holy shit. So, yeah, How I old actually... was your brother, 13? He was 13 at the time, so he started young, too. Where but do you think he got the weed? Uh, it's hard to say. He had, he had a lot of friends, a lot of connections that, uh, you know, friends whose parents were... <laughs> yeah, when you're in middle yeah. school and high school, that's when you start meeting other people, yeah. other kids that are like... 
hey man, uh, you want to try this shit? <laughs> so yeah, it was it was not totally out of character for me to <laughs> to young, go bro. to go into uh, you know <laughs> kindergarten first grade after a wake and bake with my brother. So that's crazy, bro. I totally yeah. don't. I'm not saying that like your story is like wrong because I was really young when I started too. Yeah. I was maybe just as young, maybe a little older, and then didn't do it again until I was like 13. And then I was I was hooked. I was kind of into yeah. it because I found the culture and like the group of people who yeah. were d- doing it. You find you fell in love with that whole you know aspect of it too. I don't think people realize that. But yeah, man, I'm I'm glad that eventually <coughs> it will be legalized. You know, everywhere right. <laughs> we have high hopes. I have high uh-huh. hopes <laughs> um, <laughs> that it will be legalized everywhere. But in that same aspect, I'm I'm. I'm glad because then we can regulate it. I, right. And not right. that I have a problem getting it now or not that we ever will or ever have just well, like alcohol, but the thing we, is now you can't you have, have kids be, smoking it because yeah, you can't, gonna, well, that, that'll like, happen. There's anyway. going to be comedians yeah. everywhere. If they keep letting people use exactly, drugs when they're exactly. six. <laughs> you and, know what I mean? and that's going to happen anyway. Yeah. That's going to happen anyway. The, the, the idea about having it somewhat regulated that appeals to me more is, uh, there are so many people out there that put so much shit in it that shouldn't be in it. Yeah. And that's dangerous Mm -hmm. because, you know, you have that shit laced with fentanyl that could fucking kill you. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's what worries me about it. I think a lot of that shit, well, it's possible that the, some people could be lacing shit to get you to come back and kind of get you, get you hooked on their thing. And that's a terrible way to look at it, but there's a lot of bad people out there. Oh yeah. Especially in the black market. We don't know what's going on. I I can, I can uh, agree with that. And then, um, to not not that I really want government to regulate things. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, look what it look what it does. It kind of gets it kind of takes a lot of weight off of our shoulders. And they're like, yeah, we're gonna regulate it, but we're also you know we're gonna charge you a little bit of money for your safety. And mm-hmm. we're like, we see that you guys like it. <laughs> yeah, we fucking love it. It's always been here. That's the thing. It's right. only been. It's when they look back in history, it was a very prohibition was a very small window in time. We're right. just we're in a unique time where you know we're coming to the end of it, and you know it needs to be talked about. It needs to people need to come out of the shadows and let people know that good people smoke weed. Right, you know what I mean. And like you can, you think if you would have smoked crack when you were six, you would have been the same. Like were you you had you got your own, you know you got your shit together. Like, no, no, I would lost all my baby teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's your fucking mouth. answer. Yeah, there's your answer. It, it was just weed. Uh, right. Don't fucking do weed, please, when you're a kid. God. Right. It's it's not advised. No, it's not advised. Well, that was part of the joke because I actually cut down when I turned 13. Oh wow. Well, yeah. because my brother moved out and I couldn't afford the shit on my own. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to get a summer job. And that's when my grades started to drop because all through elementary school I was in I was a straight A student. I was in all the advanced classes. I was a member of Mensa. You're smoking weed every night. What the <laughs> fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah. Damn, we're not condoning child justice, yeah, that's but <laughs> <laughs> that's that that was my set. I was like, I CBD. I don't condone it, you know, but I'm just telling you what worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's the you real. know, just imagine what I could have been if I had never stopped smoking weed. <laughs> that's the real deal. Who knows? Yeah, dude. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You could be like me. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> good luck. Thank God. I thank know. God I stopped. No, <laughs> so you obviously enjoyed it your first time. It seems like are you in the you know kept going back. So um, do you uh, do you think it's more of like a vice or a hobby? You know, when you do it, it's a vice. It's yeah. a vice. It's a, I mean, it's self-medication. Okay. It's just alcohol is a vice. It's also self-medication. There's different reasons to use it. 
there there are many more medicinal uses of marijuana than there are of alcohol, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, recreationally, it, it's it's a vice. It's a vice. It's a habit, just like smoking cigarettes. Okay. I like to ask everyone that. I uh, I go different ways on it sometimes, but I like to ask everyone that question just because I think it's it's just for me. That's for yeah. me. Oh, well, that's. I want to know, fine. like, what do you, yeah. you know, how do you feel when you do it? Because that's a, you know, however you. Associate I mean, I don't. I don't feel bad about it. I don't either. Yeah. So yeah. however you associate, I feel like though you could associate negativity with it, d- depending on what side of the yeah. coin you kind of land on. Yeah, that's true. That's you know true. what I mean? And like that's why I feel like, no matter which one it is, it's still like okay. I I think I associate more negativity with alcohol than I do with with weed. And that's more of a vice, but I, right. I feel like there's like with weed, it's different because there's like weed shops and like there's a whole culture behind it, and there's not really behind alcohol. It's just like a thing that they serve. I mean, I guess there is the bars, right? Yeah. But I don't know. I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a man to admit it. There you go. Uh, so, what was your favorite way to get high when you did get high? My favorite way, yeah. I just smoked. Like a joint, like bong, you like pens, uh, weed pens. Like there's new shit out right now. You probably haven't tried. I, I've I, I've tried some. Okay. Um, not a fan of vape. Not not a fan. Vapes. It. It doesn't do much for me. I have to, I have to, you know, I'd have to hit it like eight or nine times yeah. to really get much from it. Yeah, you need to concentrate, yeah. Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need to, yeah. you need to concentrate this one. Yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, flower. Um, okay, that's cool. Just straight smoking the weed. Yeah, just just the just the natural thing. Yeah. That's dope. Um, so yeah, do it you is. do you? It's very dope, <laughs> folks. Do you view it as more of a? Do you view it as a medicine in any way? Oh yeah, it has a lot of medicinal purposes. Yeah. I mean that's now when I was six years old, I didn't need it as medicinal purposes. But uh, true that, yeah. I mean these days, I have a lot of aches and pains. Yeah, you know, a lot of aches and pains, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. I mean, and it and it helps with all that. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't get to do it just, just because of everything that's going on, you know. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I I know there are a lot of uses to it. There are a lot of medical uses, a lot of lot of things that can treat that uh, should be looked into, and that's why at least at least in the state of Ohio, it may not be legal le- legal rec- recreationally, <coughs> yes, but it is legal medicinally. The only thing that bothers me about some of that is in order to get your card, because you know I could go get my card. I have <coughs> enough stress and anxiety. Yeah, you know, and enough aches and pains, I could probably no have no problem. I could go get my card. The problem is, I'm a concealed carry holder, and I'd give that up. You don't want to give and the right to firearms. Yeah, because if if you have your medical marijuana card, you're not allowed to purchase your own firearms. Correct. To me, that's ridiculous. You know, because there are people on a lot heavier medication that can still go out and buy firearms, but it's manufactured medication. It's not something natural like weed. I know. And to me, that's one of the dumbest damn things in that rule. This is a great point that you bring this up because honestly, it's almost like uh, it's like a weird fucking prohibition. It's like a weird gun right thing that they do in there. It's right. Like, you're gonna get stoned, right. or you're it's gonna a protect deterrent. yourself in public. It's a deterrent. It's that, yeah. That's a little fucked up to me because right. I think the people that are stoned are honestly gonna make better decisions. Look at the way they yeah, drive. You, in the state of Ohio, you can carry firearms into bars. Yeah. But you can't own a gun if you use meat, weed medicinally. That's that makes stupid. No sense, <laughs> and you know why it makes no sense because they don't prescribe weed for any uh, mental health issues in Ohio. Right. So well, anxiety. Yeah. Well, anxiety, but that's that. 
I get maybe is that that's that must be considered. I believe that I believe I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I I okay. believe you can get that for. You might be right, that. or at least some of those diseases do cause anxiety and depression. Right, I could see that. But as far as I know, I thought it was all physical ailments, at least in the state of Ohio. So it doesn't make sense for you to I, be I like, haven't looked into it enough because, you know, yeah. I, once I saw the whole gun rights issue, I was like, eh, that's what something make I'm going to bother doing. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's not no. really clear to me why you would want to take away your right to have a firearm if you're going to medicate yourself. Because we already know how much people medicate. Like you said, not right. just the pharmaceuticals, but look at all the vices out there. Look at all the – there's so many other things that are fucking – clouding up our judgment every day oh yeah uh, you know what i mean and <laughs> probably a lot more so than weed oh yeah a lot more so than weed including our cell phones uh fucking each other fucking uh, attention the need for love and fucking happiness there's so much shit clogging our heads up every day mm. you know what i mean like yeah it's it's terrible man but i mean it is what it is like things things are changing at least I'm hopeful that they are, right? Th they're, making progress. they're making yeah. progress. They're making progress. I think very clear changes. I think the firearm will always be a sticking point. Yeah, man, it's weird. It's fucking yeah. weird. So once it goes recreational, what what you know, what kind of is that, you know, is that why it takes so long to kind of make these things happen because we got the people up at the top got to figure out like what are we going to do with these people when they start smoking weed and fucking right. they don't smoke weed and they don't realize it's just a Yeah, they do. It's just a thing. <laughs> they probably do. <laughs> And they have armed bodyguards, so they don't need anything else. So. That's true, and nobody's going to piss test those fucking politicians. Exactly, I exactly. I know that. Ma mainly because they can't find their dicks. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first, folks. No dicks. Uh, unable to find them. Butterfingers. Um, okay, so, so I guess the big question is, how do you feel about marijuana overall? We've, we've sort of talked about the medical aspects, you know, whether or not you think it's a hobby or something that you do to get high or you know like how do you feel about it overall is what i'm is what i'm really asking in my own stoned roundabout kind of way here i i think it should be legal rec recreationally across the board i don't think i mean as as much as i don't like government restrictions and government uh, agencies stepping in to regulate i think there has to be some yeah. But I I do think it should be recreationally legal. I think you should be able to grow your own without having it to answer to anybody, no okay. matter the amount. Okay. <laughs> I I like that idea, and I think there's some states just like Michigan, um, and there's some things there that are going to change in Chicago as of next year, also. But uh, you know, in Michigan, yeah, Chicago is definitely a place that they could use more people getting high. More people chilling. You know, the there would probably out. be a lot less murder. For sure, dude. For I sure. mean, there still might be the same amount of threats, just not the energy or the uh, <laughs> yeah, or, or the, the drive to get really, up and yeah. do it. <laughs> That's, true. That's not true, I'll though. I have a lot of. I don't know, yeah, man. I smoke all the time. All right. I have a lot of energy and drive. I don't yeah. know. Some people, I think, some people are just. It affects everyone differently, and also That's true. different strains are different. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. I think. Um, St different strains for different brains. Yeah. Different yeah. strains for different brains. <laughs> I think you're right, though, Don. I think uh, let's fucking recreationalize this shit across the board. Let's not make it to where I got to pay thousands of dollars, like medical bills, basically, to get high. Right. When it's right. something I've been doing for a long time on my own to help myself. It's from the earth. Yeah. It regulated, I guess, if you must. Just give it to me and give it to all my friends and right. stop bullshitting, right? Yeah. Stop yeah. bullshitting, government. Let us have this fucking plant. 
Yeah. Jesus Christ. Absolutely. 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 Um, they just have to control everything. That's what yeah. it is. It's all about control. We must pay the king no taxes, Don. Yes. Since yes. the beginning. Uh, okay, so have you ever done anything besides weed, like psychedelics? You ever done any? I have not. Okay. I have never had the desire to. They always say the weed's a gateway drug. It, I don't buy that. And that, and that, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, th- well, that's one of the reasons they originally tried to get rid of it and tried to ban it. And that was the reason for the prohibition is that, or they, I guess one of the, one of the ways that they used to get it mm-hmm. banned and illegal yeah. was the whole, oh, it's a gateway drug. If you do this, you want it, bullshit. Yeah. You know, I, I never really had any desire to do any of the other drugs. I never really, in fact, one time in my life when I was a teenager, I smoked some and was told or later told that it was laced with PCP and I beat the shit out of the person that gave it to me Yeah, because I didn't want that shit. Okay. So yeah, yeah I've, I've never, other than that unknowingly, I have never wanted to try anything harder. Yeah. I've tried LSD and mushrooms and I, I think part of the reason I tried it, I was really, I was a lot younger when I did it, but part of the reason I tried it was because like, it was kind of lumped into the same category as weed. And once I started doing weed for a couple of years, I was like, man, if it's anything like right. this shit, <laughs> right? So that's the dangers of making it, uh, you know, such a a schedule one drug and yeah, and lumping it into the same shit. There are dangerous actual, chemicals, yeah. yeah, that that we should not be putting into our body, and they don't need to be sitting next to that plant at all. That's right. really all it is. It's just a plant that helps you expand your consciousness. It makes you kinder to people. Um, it makes you sluggish and tired. You shouldn't do it when you drive. You shouldn't do it when yeah. you're still developing. <clears throat> there should be rules in place. But, yeah, man, um, that's cool, man. Well, we, we used to call rules common sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then we, then we lost all that, and we had to start making rules for it. Yeah, we got to write shit down now and put it up on right. the wall so people right. know what's up. Because somebody fucked up before. Exactly. That's the only exactly. time you see a sign. Yeah, same reason I'm losing my radio show. Don't somebody somebody fucked up that had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Some other little asshole decided to do so. Anyway, I'm going to run. Yeah. We'll get off topic with that. Well, <laughs> that's okay, Don, because you know what? I uh, I do broadcasting, so maybe I could help you set up a studio at your place. Maybe you can sit down. I can do some consulting with you or help you out. No, I, I got plenty of shit. You see, you already know yeah. what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, so I don't exactly, because I, I do a lot of recording outside of the studio anyway. Yeah, what you really got to do is just get you a couple GoPros and a laptop on the side. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then have your... Maybe record into your task cam, and then we'll si- we'll talk about. It. I mean, oh yeah, it, oh you yeah. could probably do you could probably do a million things with the stuff that you got. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's just just happen. coming up with the money to get something actually worthwhile to do it. Yeah, yeah. So Ho- hopefully they don't screw me out of my show. Yeah, hopefully not either. Well, you're always welcome on my show, Don. Uh, would you like to tell everyone your Instagram, like kind of your Facebook? Sure, if absolutely. You have anything coming up? The show won't be out for about a month. But okay. if you have any dates you like to plug, and then yeah, I, I don't really have any. I uh, don't really have any comedy shows coming up. I'm kind of taking a little uh, breather oh. from it. Yeah, you do own a comedy club though, so maybe you know, maybe we could just promote that tonight. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you got anything coming up like uh, February, March? Anybody you already do you already have booked kind of coming up? Uh, as far as shows, I, I'm gonna have to get on. I'm gonna have to get on the website okay. and see what we got. Sorry. I know. Uh, well, yeah, this won't come out before the new year because, of course, we got the Todd Yon and the Time Flyers. But uh, yeah, I have. I haven't. I have to get on the website probably tonight and try to do some updating. But I have a busy night tonight. But no, if you want to check out the Life Radio Show, you can uh, find links to all the different podcast episodes at uh, thelife1069.com. 
Uh, you can hopefully, hopefully be able to listen live again at the beginning of the year at, uh, well, we'll go live on Facebook. Facebook is uh, The Life Radio Show or at The Life 1069. Uh, Instagram's The Life 1069. Uh, Twitter is Don Smith Comedy. You can also follow Don Smith Comedy on uh, Facebook. And, of course, Wiley's Comedy Club. Wiley's is on Facebook. You can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Wiley's Dayton. Um, let's see, of course, Wiley'sComedy.com for all our best, uh, up- best in Dayton comedy, all our upcoming shows on that as soon as I get them posted online because <laughs> I've been I've – been, I don't know if I've been <laughs> slacking or busy. I think I've just been busy as both, shit. Man. So. <clears throat> a little bit of both, Don. That's great, man. Uh, I really appreciate having – I really appreciate – I almost said I really appreciate you having me on because I've been on your show before too. Yeah. And that's a yeah. La- <laughs> last time we were ending a radio show together, it was me saying that to you. Right. right However, right. I really appreciate you coming on my show. Well, I appreciate you having me on your show. Well, thank you, Don. Uh, you have a great story and a very powerful voice, and you guys should check out his podcast. And Also, make sure you come down to Wiley sometime and check it out, guys. It's the best club in Ohio. Um, and that being said, man, have a great night, Don, and you guys have a great night too. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.